You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Wait for me, I'm coming. Wait, I'm coming with you. You're listening to Way Down Hadestown, a miniseries from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. Welcome back. I'm Mo Brady. Hey guys, this is our mini-series from The Ensemblist, where we are speaking to the entire ensemble of a Broadway musical. Yes, there are only five of them, but we've sat down with each one of them to hear one by one what it's been like to be in the newest Tony Award winner for Best Musical. They share their thoughts about the characters they've created and the careers that got them there. Kimberly Marable recently completed a five-year residency in the ensemble of The Lion King on Broadway. Beforehand, she had made her debut as a replacement in Sister Act. In addition to her work on stage, she's one of the co-founders of Broadway Serves, an organization for Broadway community members looking to be the change they want to see in the world. In Hadestown, Kimberly plays worker number one and covers the role of Persephone and the Fates. Here's our conversation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. Good morning. Can you introduce yourself and tell us what neighborhood of New York City you live in? Yes. My name is Kimberly Marable. I am actually born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Crown Heights, Brooklyn, um, but I live in Harlem now. So when was the... Oh, and you play worker number one. Yes, I do. Yes. I sing soprano, in quotes. <laughs> in quotes. In, <laughs> sure, we can get to that part later. Okay. What was the first time you heard about Hadestown? The first time I heard about Hadestown was actually about a year ago. A friend of mine uh, is one of the co-producers and was just like, you have to hear this music. I was like, okay. And I sort of pushed it off to the side. But then like a week later, I was called in to audition. They were doing um, a choreographic like workshop type thing before they went to London. Um, and so then I did actually listen to the music and was like, this is unreal. <laughs> and so I, I got to do the workshop which was really cool what was that audition process like was it fast fast okay yeah what was great about it is that they had the concept album they had the new york theater workshop uh, recording Mm -hmm. um but 
as you know, or as most of our listeners probably know, this music is unlike anything else you will hear on Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, so that was super helpful because we had maybe a 48-hour turnaround, 24-hour turnaround of having to learn material from the show for the auditions. And especially for the London production, they were trying out new vocal arrangements as well. Ah, so um, it was vocals and yes. movement. Okay. It was vocals and movement. Um, because they were really trying to solidify the purpose of the worker chorus. They had sort of experimented with it in Canada, and I think they wanted to take it the next step farther. So we were the guinea pigs <laughs> a year ago. <laughs> and so what, what kind of things did you work on? Do you remember specific songs, specific pieces of movement? One of them actually is in the show. <laughs> uh, we worked on Wait For Me, mm -hmm. um, the first one with the lights and the marching and all of that. Wait, with the... With the big lights? With the big lights. Okay, we that we saw on the Tony Awards. Yes, exactly. Okay. We didn't have the actual lights, but we were told that that's what they would be. Um, so we were walking around in circles and, you know, showing our lights. With things hanging from the ceiling? No. No, you're just like... We were pantomiming the you whole were, time. You were acting. Yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> acting, darling. And what about the vocal parts? Even since then, it's grown so much. There are a lot of arrangements in the whole show, not just for Wait For Me, where we're all singing separate parts. And so you'll find that there are, with all 13 of us on stage, 13 different vocal parts that are being sung. I do believe that we started that kind of interesting work um, a year ago. That must be so frightening for your swings. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to do it, but I definitely give kudos to them. <laughs> All right, so you did this, was it two-week workshop? Mm -hmm. All right, and then you put this experience on the shelf. Yes. And Not what? too far on the shelf, though, because I definitely fell in love with the music and with the team. Specifically, our choreographer, David Newman, is just mind-blowingly awesome. And Rachel and just everyone. I, I was sort of following it in London, from afar, just be like, oh, this is who they brought. This is exciting. Oh, Amber's still there. That's really great. Oh, I really like her songs. Oh, this is really cool. <laughs> well, they seem to really love it in London. We'll see what happens if it comes back. And then all of a sudden they got a theater. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> I need to like find all the music. I need to just be ready and be available for when, hopefully, they call me in for an audition. And so... They call you in. When was this? Just before Christmas. Man. This just... was so fast. So they found a theater in the late fall mm -hmm. while they were still very much in their London run. And um, we, <laughs> we were called in for an audition the last two weeks of December before Christmas. Um, and I think their intention was to cast the whole thing in those two weeks which was ambitious. Ambitious. <laughs> I because will say. they were looking for you five on stage, three fates, four swings. Yes. Got it. Yes. It's a lot to do in them. And coverage amongst all of that. Sure. I am super excited because I've always sort of identified with Persephone and just her joy for life and nature and just having her own opinions about everything. I got to go in for... Uh, the Persephone understudy. So how many times did you go in? Do you remember? Over the two-week period, we went in a few times. But I was fortunate, and by Christmas, I knew what was happening oh, uh, moving forward. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> um, so one of the things 
that on paper seems so um, incredible about your position in the company is that you understudy the fates. Mm-hmm. All three of them? Just one. Okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> that makes my heart a little happier. Okay. Me too. Although, I mean, maybe down the line. Sure, sure. That would be cool. But no, I, so I understudy the fate three. She sings the lowest vocal part. So you're you're the soprano part in your normal track, and then you're the the tenor, the baritone. Yes. In your understudy track. Yes, using my full range. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and I have to learn how to play the accordion, right. which I definitely did not know how to play before. So tell me about worker number one. Yeah. Does she have a name? Oh, I've always thought of her as me, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's great about our show and it being Greek mythology is that we are truly an active Greek chorus. So on the one hand, we're backing people up like a standard like musical theater chorus. Mm-hmm. An example of that, of that would be like um, Come Home With Me with Orpheus when we're sort of singing his backup vocals in the beginning of the song. But then throughout pretty much the whole rest of the show, we get to have an opinion on the action that's happening. Mm-hmm. And we sort of become the conduit for the audience to be on the journey with us. Right. Which is exciting. As an actor, it allows me to be my most honest um, and truthful self. So you see yourself being, that's that's Kimberly. You're, you're you. I'm me. Yeah. And are you you when we go down to Hadestown? I think so. Are you, your worker is, is also you in those circumstances. Yes. I think so. For me, it is anyway. I don't know what the other people think. <laughs> so far, we've spoken to three people and everyone's had a different opinion, which I... I love. Yeah. There's no right answer. Well, that's that's one of the things that I love about about Rachel is that she really um, encourages us to bring our own thoughts to the process. Essentially, that everyone has a seat and a voice at the table. And as long as it makes dramatic sense, then she's like, go for it. Let's just make sure we're all telling the same story here. That's a great leader. Yeah. I'd follow her anywhere. <laughs> One of the challenges, I would think, of performing this material is that it's very sad and yet told in a very joyous way. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm intrigued by the fir- some of the first lyrics you sing in the show are, it's a sad song. Yeah. But you're singing it with, I don't know, sort of hope and, and excitement about telling the story. How do you marry those two ideas, the, the extreme sadness of the show, with your excitement to make us hear it? Yeah. That is the joyful part, is that... It is an old song, it is a sad song, um, but we get to tell it, and we get to tell it again and again, in case it might turn out differently. You know, for a metaphor for life, we try things that are difficult, sometimes they don't work out at all, Um, but it doesn't mean that we should give up. There's still hope for a better outcome, but we can't have the better outcome if we don't try again. So you come to Hadestown off of a five-year run in The Lion King. Yes. Where, which you joined, what, f- 15 years into, about 15 years into it? Almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. Yeah. Talk about the challenges of stepping into someone else's shoes, literally someone else's shoes with The Lion King. Well, when I joined Lion King, I actually was stepping into some huge shoes, uh, like massive, um, because I was replacing Rima Webb. Oh yeah. So the, she's 
epic. <laughs> she, you know, she's kind of a legend among Broadway ensemble actors. Uh, she's the original in the Book of Mormon. She originated the sort of fake Rafiki part. Um, if you saw Violet, their Tony Award performance, she's leading that. She's an incredible force of a performer. Oh, she was one of the church ladies in the revival of, of uh, color the Purple. Color Purple. We, yeah. I could talk. We could talk a lot about Rima yeah. Webb. Anyway. Rima Webb is epic. Yes, <laughs> she's about to be one of the uh, the uh, fates. Oh, right. In uh, in Hercules. Yes. She never stops working. But I'm glad that she gave me a job too. <laughs> <laughs> so you're stepping into Rima's shoes. That's um, energetically and just vocationally a lot to step into. Definitely. And in terms of Lion King history, um, she had been there for 15 years. I can tell that Hades Town has a special place in your heart. But the Lion King must have a special place in your bank account and your sense of (laughs) stability as an artist. Definitely. Talk about the leap. Well, the leap really was a natural one. And it's not the first time that I've made a leap, to be honest. I was on the first national tour of Book of Mormon and my gut said I had to go. And so I I did. (laughs) And um, two or three months later, I booked Lion King. So... I, I've always been a proponent of following your heart. You obviously can't be reckless. I don't know, my, my heart said that this was where I needed to be, and so it was where I decided to go. I'm definitely thankful for all the things that the Lion King afforded me. I mean, apartments, <laughs> <laughs> um, doctors, lifelong friends, a job if I needed it, like if I needed to go back to Lion King. Um, yeah, it's not going anywhere. No. And they like and they like returnees. They'll if you've had a good experience, they'll they'll bring you back for sure. So I I took a leave of absence and uh, to do another show, and Rima came back to her old track while I was gone. So they definitely bring people back. Talk about the family atmosphere at the Kerr right now. Oh, we're still learning each other. Yeah, but um, it's a lot of fun. For example, the other night we had a, a fish fry, and it was great fun. Um, we were allowed to bring our partners and our families, kids. Where did you fry? Our associate director, Tamla Woodard, she has a lovely backyard. Oh. And she is the master fryer. Um, and so we had fish, we had shrimp. She was frying vegetables, potatoes, and all sorts of stuff. And it was yet another opportunity for us to get together, the crew, the band, the creative team, cast, to just be together and drink each other up. We had a similar experience right after we got to the theater. Hurley's is right across the street from the Kerr. Um, So we went there and just sat around a huge table and bonded. People brought their instruments. There was an accordion. There were multiple guitars. We were singing along. Like it was a really nice um, experience. And I think we're all, again, we just opened in, in April. So we're, it's still pretty new. What's easier? Doing a show where you're on stage the whole time like Katie's Town or doing a show where you're on and off like The Lion King? Or sister act, you know, any any show where the, the ensemble spends a good amount of time off stage. Stage. They're definitely different experiences. I think what I prefer about the Hades Town experience is that I get to be an active participant in the action and an active participant in forwarding the story as opposed to a bystander. I mean, it definitely 
allows for less time on my phone. <laughs> so if I need to like catch up on emails or anything like that, like there's intermission and that's pretty much it. If I had to choose, I, I prefer the Hadestown experience. Being busier. Being, yes, busier. I mean, there are times we're on stage and we're, we're literally just sitting there mm -hmm. um, being active observers or just experiencing what's happening and we can, you know, have our own silent opinion about it, um, that we can emote, which is awesome. We're sort of every man, and that's what I love about, gosh, Anais's lyrics are just so smart and truthful. It's a world of God and gods and man, and we all stand up. Like, we are every man, and we are your way through this journey. We are all different, the five of us, you know, people watching are all different. We're all gonna have a different uh, reaction to a shared experience. And even with that, you know, every day is gonna be a different reaction to, to a shared experience because, you know, maybe I woke up and was super happy. <laughs> maybe one day I was really hungry. <laughs> Just like, I, but I appreciate being able to, to use all of, all of my humanness to tell this story. Special thanks to Kimberly Marable for sharing her stories with us this week. You can learn more about her and how to connect with her online by visiting our website, theensemblist.com. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. Help others find out about The Ensemblist, guys. It's that rating and review. Open up that podcast app. There's those stars. There's like five white stars. And you can fill many of them, three or four or five of them, with color. What an artistic expression that would be for you. And it'd also help others uh, learn about the podcast. So that'd be great too. You can also follow us on Instagram where we share original photography, new episodes, first person blogs from actors and other community members. It's a fantastic resource for anyone who just loves theater. All right, thanks for listening guys. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.